Life Audio. Sometimes we have this temptation to discredit people because of their sin or because of the circumstances of their life. But I think we've all had these moments where whether it was consequences of our own decisions or putting back the pieces after somebody else's involvement in our lives, we've all had these moments where we have been stuck in the middle of our own chaos and our mess. And that's the place that Jesus comes in and he finds us and he meets us where we're at. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Today we are picking up about halfway through our passage. And I would encourage you either to go back and listen to yesterday's um, podcast episode where I read the entire chapter four. Um, We're going to jump in with just the passage that we're studying today. So at this point in the passage, Jesus has come up to this well where the Samaritan woman is and she's there in the middle of the day and um, Jesus and her have this interaction. So it says, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? Who gave us this well, and how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with right now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist on Jerusalem is the only place of worship, whilst we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim? And then the scripture goes on to, they have like a religious uh, conversation about worship and you can go ahead and read it. It's John chapter four. But this section where he talks about um, her having five husbands, that's where I want to spend a little bit of time today. And um, I, I want to draw your attention to something that I think sometimes we overlook, especially in this portion of scripture. Um, sometimes when this story is told, it's really presented with this connotation that the Samaritan woman is an adulteress. and 
maybe she was, but what I want to point out today is the fact that the story does not actually say that. Um, it doesn't call her a concubine or a prostitute. And there are a lot of times throughout scripture where women are identified with those descriptions. So it's not like scripture shies away from calling women those things. Um, here she was called a wife and she's referenced it as having five husbands. And, um, you know, there's that verse that says the, the one you have now, but I want you to consider the fact that this phrase doesn't automatically make her an adulteress. Um, in fact, it could be referencing an engagement contract. And, you know, scholars come up on either side of this. Um, some of them consider her a woman of ill repute, um, but some argue that it's circumstances. And what I want to do today is look at the context with which she finds herself. And for us, I think we are like, oh, you know, I'll never have five husbands. But think about this culture for a minute. Um, and what I tend to think is regardless of what it is, if she was a, a woman of ill repute or um, if she was just really bad on luck or, you know, maybe it was her choices, I'm not sure. Either way, she was in a really not good situation. Um, I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to read verses 23 through 27. And there's some details here that I think are helpful to help us understand what's going on here. Verse 23. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. So the very fact that this conversation is brought up as a question to Jesus shows us that really this is a scenario that happens sometimes. And in fact, in a patriarchal society, women often needed to live with a distant relative or some other compromising situation just to survive. Um, it's quite probable, honestly, that this woman had suffered through the death of at least one of her husbands. Um, if she had been married five times in that culture, uh, their life expectancy was not very long. And lots of things happened that would cause the death of a husband. So probably at least one of her husbands had died. And adding to that, women were not allowed to divorce, to initiate divorce in that culture, but the men were. And so when the men left, the women were left with nothing. They would not get to keep their land, their homes, their belongings. And so single women in that culture were some of the most desperate in society. And so Shechem, which is the city that this is happening here, it's sometimes called Sychar, it's the same area. This was a city that was known as a city of refuge. And so what a city of refuge was, was a place that anyone who had accidentally killed someone or was responsible for the death of someone could come without fear of prosecution. So this was one of those special cities that offered protection and it offered mercy. And I don't think it's an accident that this is the storyline that we're talking about. This is a city that we're talking about in, in this line of scripture. It could be that this woman was involved in something so terrible that we can't even imagine. And we will never know. But what we do know is that she is approached by Jesus in a season of her life that is desperate. 
Did you catch that? She's desperate and heartbroken and abandoned and discarded and full of shame and guilt. And she's living in a situation that obviously is not ideal or Jesus would not have called her out. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place where you were forced to deal with what life or sometimes someone else threw at you? Sometimes, yes, it's consequences. I'm not naive to that. Sometimes there are consequences for actions, but sometimes it's circumstances. And sometimes you just do what you have to do to survive. As we think about that, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll finish talking about how Jesus meets us in our brokenness. Stay with us, friend. And so this place, this place in her life where her heart is likely rubbed raw, this is the place after all this brokenness that she meets Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that's happened for me too. And when I was in a place of absolute brokenness, that's the moment that Jesus met me. He came to where I was in the middle of my mess and he rescued me out of it. Have you had a time like that? And if you haven't been there, think about what it would be like if you had. And maybe think about the moment that you met Jesus. And was there ever this moment in your life where you were forced to maybe make a decision between one bad option and another? Most of us have been in in that place at one point or another in our lives where regardless of how we got there, just trying to do the best with what we got. I want you to take some time to think through some of those moments. That's your heart check to think through about where we've been in our own lives and perhaps how God had been pursuing us in the middle of that mess. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe maybe you're here right now. I want you to know that he's here. He's he's the very fact that you're listening to this right now means he's pursuing you because of who he is. Take a moment if you need it. Friend, do you understand what I'm saying now? This this whole storyline of scripture is not just a story about a woman who's living in sin a long time ago. This is a story about all of us and our brokenness and a savior who longs to meet us where we are. It's This is a story about him as the redeemer. He is the one who can take all the things that we can't control, the things we can't change, and he comes to that space. He enters in in a way that no one else can And he is the one that makes things new. But we have to allow him. You have to allow him, friend. So as we continue on throughout this week, I think it's really important to approach the text with this in mind. I want us to put aside our judgment and to see her the way that Jesus sees her. Beloved, purposed, forgiven, because it's the same way he sees you. Lord God, thank you for my friends that are listening today. Lord, I pray that you would interrupt their chaos and their mess and their circumstances and maybe their consequences and overwhelm them with the fact that you pursue them, even in the middle of all that mess that we don't even want you to know about half the time. Lord, I pray that you would meet us where we're at. Lord God, I thank you that you are the Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, 
I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.